This is the Lunduke Journal podcast for October 30th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is the weird computing news of the week. We do the normal news on on Wednesday, which is the most normal day of the week, I believe. And all the weird news ends up here on Sunday. Weird stuff, you know, not not run of the mill, not not about Windows, not about Mac, not about Google, all that sort of thing. But the weird stuff, the stuff that flies under the radar of all those traditional big tech media Uh, to start this week out. I'm going to do a little reminder. Maybe it's news for some of you, but I doubt it. Haiku Week is coming up on November 9th. So starting November 9th, which is just a little over a week away, we're going to kick off a full week of Haiku OS-related shenanigans within the Lunduke Journal community. So what's going to happen? Over on lunduke.locals.com, People are going to post whatever they want about Haiku, the free and open source operating system based on BIOS. <laughs> the BOS it was, it was one of the most amazing systems ever. I mean, it. <laughs> I love it. I remember... I remember when I was working at Microsoft back when BOS first was released for Intel processors, right? This was because it was originally for, um, you know, for uh, two different power, uh, two different uh, CPU formats and then PowerPC and then and then it got ported over to, to x86 machines. And when that happened... Me and my office mate there at Microsoft, because I had to share an office, we we just were like, you know what? The heck with this working on Microsoft product stuff. Let's spend a couple, <laughs> couple of days trying to get the current version of BOS running on hobbled together x86 hardware that we found around the company, because that is a good use of corporate time. Um <laughs> What can I say? We're, we're nerds. That's what we do. And uh, we did. We got it running. And it was amazing. It it was a truly, it was an eye-opening experience to see BOS running on x86 hardware. I loved it. Anyway, Haiku is an extension of the Open BOS project, which was created long ago to create an open source re-implementation of all of BIOS, right? They were going through one at a time and just replacing all of the components of that B operating system with open source implementations of it. And because of that, it had not just binary compatibility, and but API compatibility. It was great. Now, Haiku... Haiku is just the kind of the extension of that. And they've added a lot of features that BIOS never had, like uh, package management and all sorts of stuff. And they've continued, and Wi-Fi support. <laughs> it's just, it's been great. And we're going to just dive into it. And what's really cool is right now, right about now, Beta 4 of Haiku is, quote, imminent. The development team is working on it, and they might be releasing it in the coming days. If it's not out before Haiku Week starts, it'll be shortly thereafter. And the, the, the good news about all that is, is even if it comes out right after or doing, during Haiku Week, Haiku makes nightly images available. So if you want to get started on, on your Haiku journey a little bit early, grab their nightly images. Don't grab their previously released Beta 3 ISOs. 
because that one is way outdated at this point. And the nightly images are essentially what the Beta 4 release is going to be. So if there are any changes, they're going to be minor. According to the, the main developer over there, the, the guy that is the paid full-time dev on Haiku, there's really not a lot of show-stopping bugs remaining. Only thing that's left for the Beta 4 release, to my understanding, are process-related things, you know, <laughs> like, you know, procedural stuff, bureaucratic stuff, paperwork pushing. So I, I think it's probably pretty safe to grab those nightly images of Haiku and just start rocking out with them, whether you're installing on virtual machines or bare metal and do whatever you want. I have a ton of stuff that I'll be posting, application recommendations. I have a history article that'll be going up uh, during Haiku week. And a lot of people, uh, people have already been posting little how-tos about Haiku. People who have who have used and worked with the BOS for for so many years, and uh, it's just amazing. Uh, if you've never dabbled in this side of the tech world, I highly recommend giving it a chance. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun week. If you don't currently have a lunduke.locals.com account grab one of those, at least grab the uh, the free one, so that way you can read a good chunk of the posts that go up. However, you won't be able to make your own posts or comment on existing posts or read the comments on posts unless you have a full account, which you can get uh, either by signing up directly at lunduke.locals.com, just straight there, or picking up either a founding member subscription or a lifetime subscription to the Lunduke Journal in general, because both of those come with full access to both Substack and Locals. And as luck would have it, uh, I've got a sale going on right now uh, for the next couple of days anyway, where you can pick all that up crazy cheap. Uh, founding member subscriptions are typically per year. Uh, so they're a yearly thing. You don't pay every month. Uh, they normally cost 125 bucks for, for everything, for all the goodies, which is a ton of goodies. And it's actually a pretty incredible deal at that point, at that price point. Uh, but I've got it discounted down to 75 bucks for a full year. Or if you really want to save a bunch of bucks, uh, the lifetime subscription is normally 350 bucks, which is again for life and, and comes with everything for life, uh, locals, Substack, and any other site I managed to launch. <laughs> like what, what if Substack gets nuked from orbit? Well, I'll probably spin up, uh, something somewhere else and you, that your lifetime subscription comes with you there too. Um, but now instead of 350, it's down to 200 bucks. Um, which is pretty great considering if you're listening to this, you've probably been a nerd for more than, say, a year or two and will probably be a nerd <laughs> for a year or two more. So it's a good deal. Go go grab those. Uh, put some links in the, the linky parts of the Linkinators. Uh, click on those URLs and they will take you to the universal resources that uh, you so desire. All right, moving on. Free BSD news. I don't talk about free BSD a whole heck of a lot, but you know what? It needs to get talked about a little bit today. So free BSD has a new release that's coming out. 12.4. It just hit beta. And here's why I like that. And I don't say great things about free BSD often, so buckle up, buttercup. Free BSD does a great job of continuing to support 
previous releases. They really do. And they deserve some serious kudos for that. Because if you'll note, I said 12.4. The current release of FreeBSD is 13.1. They, they continue to update previous releases with regularity and on a regular cadence. That is an incredibly nice thing because we shouldn't need to move major platform versions all the time. I mean, a lot of us do. A lot of us see a new OS release come out and we jump on it. And I I get that. But if we've got servers running or we have a, a whole giant organization of computers running, we don't we don't need to want to have to go and just update every machine to the newest and latest and greatest, possibly in, encountering breakages in applications like like what if a, a version of Python is now outdated and blam some of our our, our uh, production requirements applications don't work anymore it's nice to have that sort of update schedule happening so 12.4 just hit beta and it is expected to have a final release sometime in december first week of december so a little over a month from now that's cool that's very cool uh coincidentally freebsd 13.2 right the the latest update to the current version the 13 ver version 13 line is set to happen in January. It's going to start in January, and then I think it's a, a several-month-long process for the 13.2 release. Now, that's great. Kudos to FreeBSD for that, uh, hugs or not. However, there's a little bit of bad news on the FreeBSD side of things, and this is not dogging on them. This is legitimately wondering what this means. So the FreeBSD Foundation is supported by donations, right? Whether it's donations from individuals or, or other organizations. I'm going to read this quote here. Our goal this year is to raise at a minimum $1.4 million towards a spending budget of around $2 million. Okay, so they have a spending budget an annual spending budget of $2 million for the Free BSD Foundation. Okay, fine. They want to raise a minimum of $1.4 million, which means, you know, they, they have some contingency plans in place for earning a little bit less. Maybe they have some, some cash tucked away somewhere. Maybe they have some fund, some uh, some expenditures they can cut back on. No problem. Get that. I'm going to continue this quote now. As we enter the last quarter of 2022, because 2022 is almost over, our donation total sits at $167,348. Which means that the FreeBSD Foundation has not raised 10% of their annual spending budget. Whoa. I don't know exactly what that means. I I, I I don't spend a lot of time talking and interfacing with the FreeBSD Foundation folks anymore. But that doesn't seem like a good thing. Uh, at the very least, that means they're going to have to do some serious cutbacks. Less than 10% of their spending budget has been raised for the year. Woo. Woo. 
I I don't know what that means. I don't know if there's some some companies that can come along and and make up the difference in short order, but it, it's 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 the end of October. Here we are. I mean, Halloween is tomorrow, which means we've got November and December for two months for free BSD to earn one point eight million dollars to earn over 90% of their annual spending budget. Yikes. That, ooh, ooh, uh, yeah. So uh, not dogging on him, uh, nor nor trying to kick a dog when he's down, but ouch. Uh, so hopefully, here's sending positive vibes to the Free BSD Foundation crew. Uh, I hope that they can manage to, to pull it out and uh, at the very least find a way to kind of bridge things so they can keep keep things floating. All right. All right, let's move over to kind of a little more optimistic news. Uh and this is in the at the <laughs> I don't mean to beat a dead horse. <laughs> but we're going to talk about Ladybird again. We if you were in la- listened last week, we talked about Serenity OS and the Ladybird web browser. But I really need to drive a point home because it's kind of amazing. So Ladybird, of course, is the web browser and web browser engine that was originally developed as the browser engine in Serenity OS, which is a kind of an homage to the 1990s interface-wise operating system developed initially by Andreas Kling, but now has a a huge crew of of supporters and and developers and writers and testers and, and artists working on it. And they've been making just massive, amazing progress. Now, that browser engine, Ladybird, is interesting and unique in that it is developed entirely from scratch, right? There's no code taken from Gecko or Chromium or any of that stuff. So there's there's no lineage relationship to Firefox, Chrome, or, or any other web browser. It's just, it's its own thing. Now, as the project kicked off, many, many, many people made statements like, you know, you can't, you can't do this in the modern age. You can't make a whole web browser with a small team of volunteers. You can't do it. It's too big. It's just too big. Look how much Firefox and Mozilla and, and, and Google with Chromium, how, look how much they struggle to render a simple website within less than a gig of RAM. <laughs> they have so much baggage. It's, it's, it's intense. Well, <laughs> well, you got to check out the screenshots for this. Uh, go check out the article. I'll link to the article in the show notes. But check out the screenshots that Andreas Kling, the head honcho, has been posting. Screenshots of Google. Instagram. YouTube and Google Maps with a high level of functionality. It looks good. They're not perfect, but good. I mean, and this is this is stuff that has become functional since we last talked about this last week. What they've been doing is putting a little extra care into going to those popular websites. 
right? Going to Instagram or, or Google Maps and saying, okay, what's not working? Let's tackle that next. And they've been ticking things off one at a time. And the net result is that an ever-increasing amount of websites are starting to work. I'm looking at these screenshots and thinking, wow, holy cojones. The amount of functionality they've got going now is, is nothing short of spectacular. Which, which leads me to think I really need to give Serenity OS and Ladybird another chance. Considering I tried it, the last time I tried it was uh, about three weeks ago. So it's been about three weeks. And and back then, you know, the things I needed, uh, the WYSIWYG editors in uh, Locals and Substack, they didn't quite work 100%. What are they going to work like now? I mean, how much closer have they gotten? And that's in a week. Holy heavens. I'm looking at these screenshots for Google Maps. It's not perfect. There's a few things a little off, but it's so close. And that is not a simple little web page. Now, why this is truly fascinating. This is, and I, I don't want to overstate or understate it here, but this is quite possibly one of the biggest shakeups that we've ever seen coming in the last 10 or 20 years. Because completely under the radar of all the big tech press, we've got a web browser coming along, written from scratch with no baggage and no crufty, crusty legacy, light and lean, that could if it maintains its current pace of getting more websites running on an almost daily basis, it could actually become a real competitor for most people to Firefox or to Chrome and the engines that power those browsers. That is a, that is a monumental shakeup in the entire industry. Absolutely amazing. And, and, and of course, that's, that's just ignoring the fact that it also is solving what is one of the biggest hurdles to adopting a new operating system nowadays. The, one of the biggest things that's going to keep people from adopting something like Serenity OS is a truly viable web browser. Whether I want that to be true or not, it simply is the case. And here they are, the Serenity OS team, the Ladybird team. Not only are they solving that problem for themselves, but they're doing it in such a way that in the near future, it could become very viable for a Linux-based distribution to ship with a web browser, a competitive web browser that had no lineage relationship or DNA borrowed from anything that Mozilla or Google makes. That's neat. That's real neat. It's going to be extremely interesting to watch this as it goes. I, I, I was not anticipating this 
speed because it is it is massive and breakneck. Uh, and obviously, obviously, Andreas Kling, he knows it because he keeps posting these screenshots and you can almost feel how giddy he is to be posting these things. He knows that this is a monumental achievement. He knows that this is something that so many people said just simply couldn't happen. And he's changing it all. Love it. Love it. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to touch on this more later. I am 100% sure. Oh, man. Get Ladybird Browser working well and then port that sucker over to Haiku. Oh, that sounds fun. All right. Um, I want to talk about an application that I just discovered. Uh, it's not brand new. And it's not even fully released yet. But there are some little binaries you can grab to try it out and kick the tires. It's called MACE. It stands for Mac Application Compatibility Environment. Now, this is... I'm just going to read... I'm going to read the description to you. The goal of MACE is to create a runtime library and executing environment for old Mac applications similar to Apple's deprecated classic environment, but without needing any ROM images or system software binaries from Apple. So what we're talking about is running classic Mac software, you know, like say run Photoshop from, from Mac on Mac OS 7, but run it on modern operating systems, on modern Macs, on uh, on modern Windows machines, and the like, and it just re-implements all those toolbox calls on the back end. No ROMs required, no Mac OS software, no Mac OS system software. Very very cool. Well, he they have a ton of screenshots and little binaries of prepackaged uh, Mac applications you can try out so you can see how it works. Uh, and they did a status update back in July, back over the summer, and they say they are working towards a full release. "Quote: We will continue working on the missing features as always, trying to reach the goal of a generic runtime release as soon as possible." We will also try to find solution for the binary file distribution in the near future so anybody interested in trying new features out could do that as soon as possible, especially considering the last release binaries are already getting old. We will keep you updated on this blog as our progress on our progress as always. Now here's here's what's great. That that little blog post they posted. You got to check it out. Go check out the link for that. The July 2022 status update just from a few months ago. It is so extensive. There are so many changes, but what's great is so many screenshots. <laughs> and one of them, boy, did it jump out at me. They're running soft windows inside of Mace under current Mac OS. And inside soft windows, they're running Windows 3.1. So... <laughs> That's fantastic. So Soft Windows is a, a PC emulator for old 68K Macintoshes, right? Really old stuff. Um, it, this was this was from way way back when, in ye olden times. It was it was their virtual PC for for those days. And since since this Mace on the back end has a, a 68K emulator on it. And that they've got all the toolbox calls in place that where soft windows 
fully works. And you can run Windows 3.1 under it. Now, is that going to be the most efficient way of running Windows 3.1? No. No, that is... <laughs> That, that is not going to be a peppy solution <laughs> for wanting to one run Windows 3.1. However, it's weird and it's awesome that you can do that. Again, without any Mac ROMs or any Mac system software. I, I'm going to be keeping an eye on this one. I, I think it would be really, really cool to see this progress and, uh, and get uh, a more full-featured release than it currently has. Because how cool. How super cool. And and it reminds me of Executor. I don't, I don't know if any of you have ever played with Executor, but in, in the DOS days, a company released something called Executor, which was a Mac emulator. But it, it took a similar approach. You didn't use ROM images. You didn't use the Mac system software or Mac OS. You, you just, it re-implemented those Mac toolbox calls, the, the Macintosh system API, so that you could run Mac software. And then, you know, and it had a 68K emulator, so you could emulate those binaries. And it, it had a really surprisingly powerful amount of compatibility. I included a screenshot of playing Eric's Ultimate Solitaire for the 68K Mac inside of a DOS PC up on... Uh, uh, up on the blog post because I, I love this sort of thing. It's just so super neat. Uh, it's a lot like Wine, you know what I mean? Where you just re-implement the full APIs in order to provide support for applications from a system like Windows applications running on Linux. Uh, in this case, it just also adds in the x86 emulator or the sorry the 68k <laughs> 68k emulator behind the scenes to also run those binaries which is really cool anyway uh very very cool worth worth keeping an eye on uh it, there's not a lot to do with it yet you, you can go check out i think they've got like a, a a 10 or so applications you can download right now like little little mac shareware applications that you can download and use it to test out and see how well it works which it does it works surprisingly well but it would be really interesting to see the ability to just run any arbitrary mac binary that would be just so super cool especially if they can get mace to be portable so not just for current mac os and windows but if i could rebuild it for with maybe a, a, a slightly different front end or something for for linux or or haiku or 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 shoot port it over to a unix machine that would just that would just be nifty nifty beyond words all right all right that's the weird news for this week uh thank you everyone for hanging out with me thank you for all of the support I'm looking forward to Haiku Week. I hope all of you guys are as well. We got, was it nine days, ten days to go? Ten? Ten? I don't know. Math is hard. It's a little over a week. I hope you guys can all join me. Again, check out that uh, uh, the subscription deal because that's a sweet, sweet deal, my friends. And I'll, I'll turn that off at some point here pretty soon. But I'll leave it going for a day or so uh, so all of you can take advantage of it. And uh, yeah. We'll see you guys over on the Lunduke Journal community. And, you know, I've been ending these shows, and I'm not sure why I've been doing this, with the, with the statement of, I'll see you all a little bit later. I, that was not a conscious choice. In fact, here's the thing. That is not something I say 
in day-to-day life. That's not like a, that's not like a tick of mine. That's not a, a standard catchphrase. That's not a planned outro thing. It's just something I said, and I'll see you all a little bit later. <laughs> I don't know why I started doing that. And I didn't even really notice it until last week. I was like, what, what, what did I, why did I say that? Like, I, that's not, that's not like a great outro. What am I, what am I doing there? I don't know. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come up with a way to end my shows that I, that I like a, a planned way, a statement like that, but not that, not, I'll see you all a little bit later, but something that I actually plan on something that I, I, I like, <laughs> but I don't have one yet. So for the meantime, what I'm going to say is this. I'll see you all a little bit later. <laughs>